those older advisors that are focused just on investment solutions first and foremost and making big promises are ones that I would be a little concerned about. Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Welcome in. Glad to have you on All Things Retirement. I am Ben George. Chief Anthony Alpha. He's a certified financial planner. He's also the founder at Cardinal Wealth Group. You'll find his office there in Cherry Hill. And you'll find him online as well at cardinalwg.com. It, it is a new year, Anthony. I know a lot of people setting goals, setting resolutions for the new year. Do you do that? Do you have any resolutions for 2022? Hey, Ben. Uh, welcome back. Yeah, uh, yeah I... Uh need to get a little bit back in the gym. I uh, got a little bit away from it during a uh, golf season in <laughs> in August and it kind of fell through the fall. Uh, so that's that's the goal. And also to uh, go with that, we'll reduce some of that late night snack eating with my <laughs> with my daughter, Rosie. So we're, we're big chips, uh, chocolate covered pretzels and raisinets uh, fans. So, you know, we're just trying to uh, limit some of that intake overall. Yeah, it's easy to justify some things when it's with your children, right? It's That's just a much great easier. point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you know, dad, dad, chips, mmm, you know, I'll have so a few of those. <laughs> it, it's yeah, so it's kind of like part bonding, and you know, we're sitting there watching uh, Moana and all the different uh, Disney uh, shows, so kind of <laughs> goes together. It does, and and I know a lot of people are, are thinking about resolutions and have set new goals for the year, just looking to get off to a, a good start and you know, start off on the right foot and. You know, one of those resolutions oftentimes always deals with finance. You know, we want to get our financial health in order. We want to get more organized. We want to save more, you know, maybe eliminate debt. Whatever that is, there's just so many different financial goals that people often have just to get better in that aspect of their life. Absolutely. And I think probably, you know, my health uh, resolution and financial resolution, I think those are the two most uh, popular New Year's resolutions out there. And that's why, like, you know, an advisor can can be a big help for that, right? I mean, a lot of people would just say, hey, I'm going to, you know, I want to cut debt or, or whatever it is. Maybe I'll, I'll save a little bit more out of my paycheck every month. But, you know, look at that overall picture, you know, leaning on an advisor to really kind of tighten up your finance can be a big, big help. I think your point's valid. Uh, I mean, I believe it because it's what we do. But also, you can see the results. I think that there are people who are wired in a way that can do it themselves and, and kind of get it done. And I think that the rest really just need to make sure if, what camp that they're in. And an advisor, you know, while they have the advice and powerful software and tools needed to take some of these complex issues and, and break it down to you so you can know what actions to take and provide a roadmap, that's really important. Um, and it's not like cookie cutter advice anymore. People are living longer. They want to they want to stretch their portfolio more. Uh, there's less pensions. There's more market volatility. Health costs are going up. So there's a lot at stake. And you can have two people with similar you know asset levels, but you could really have you know two different answers or outcomes as to what's the right way for them. So having the advisor really to put together that plan, that roadmap, so you get the clarity. Uh, knowing exactly what you need to do is, is helpful. But I, I think the other side of it, and it's where the energy level comes from an advisor to make sure your best intentions actually happen. So think of like a gym trainer being there to be your biggest fan and want to see those results that you want. And that's where the other side of it, and I think could help on that resolution to say, you know, this is what you set out to do. and We're going to kind of hold you 
pleasantly be a pain in the butt to hold you accountable to make sure that, you know, you look back in the year and say, wow, I got all these things done. And I think that's really where an advisor um, can really play a pivotal role. Well, you know, not only do you feel that way, and I feel that way too about advisors, but it seems like more and more people are looking to advisors for help. There was actually some research out there by McKinsey and Google that a record number of consumers are actually using online resources to look around and find an advisor, not necessarily looking for someone online to work with, but just using search tools to find someone close to them. And a lot of that stems from the pandemic too, right? Because you know, everybody kind of, it's almost like it takes that wake up call, right? A lot of, for a lot of people that was the pandemic, they saw their accounts drop and value drop and say, oh man, I did not have a plan in place for something like this. So we've seen a, a, an increase of nearly four times um, from what we saw before the pandemic, people searching uh, for someone to work with to help plan their retirement. But over 3 million retirees are searching for that. That's 10,000 people searching per day. It's a lot of people looking for help out there. And I think it makes sense, right? If you, if you think about, to your point, uh, COVID, you had about a year and a half where you're just sitting in a house. And not only that, you had a you know, major drop in, in the market. And so that's a time to kind of really reevaluate things. So I think that's that's one thing. But I think just that maybe and that sped it up to the point of of your uh, research there. But I think that this is kind of already that shift has been happening for some time. And that's kind of the old age of uh, advisor, brokers, stock pickers providing you know product advice or trying to provide you with you know a portfolio that you know maybe beats or times the market or something like that but it's not really giving that comprehensive advice and you're seeing a, a major shift that people are looking for real comprehensive advice and not just somebody who's going to broker uh, you know a product for them and you know technology has been one of the mediums to f- help make it a lot easier to find a trusted source that could be that person a lot of the people that maybe you've worked with before at some of these larger companies aren't as advice focused or maybe only go so far with their advice. And if you're really looking for that certified financial planner, uh, maybe your friend or neighbor doesn't know it. And now you have to start to turn to other resources like the internet to really find that person who's going to work for you, uh, you know, in a, that transparent that fiduciary manner that, you, you know, that's certainly a big trigger word today, uh, fee fee only versus commission or fee based. So I think that that's really been one of the major reasons for this shift. Well, for people that are thinking about an advisor and trying to decide, hey, do I want to work with one? How do I find that right person? We want to kind of focus on that today on this episode and, and try to help you out and give you some guidance on what to look for you know, why it's important, the differences between advisors, because they're not all the same, right? So we want to help you with that today on this episode of All Things Retirement. Let's talk about some of the things that that you mentioned here, Anthony, and some of the differences uh, between advisors. Because, you know, as I, as I talked about, like a lot of people that aren't in this area and don't, haven't worked with an advisor before might just think, hey, you know, this advisor is going to be the same as this. They're all trying to help me build their money, but that's not that's not the case, right? Absolutely not. And it's, it's real subtle. And it's, if you don't really like wordsmith it and really understand some of them, it's really hard to tell some of the, the differences. So, so some of the words I just kind of mentioned, for example, uh, fee only versus fee base versus commission, they all can wear the, the and use the word financial advisor, financial planner, investment professional, investment advisor, all the, you know, the common words. But it, it really 
identifies on how they get paid and to what level of standard they're being held to. So for example, kind of the oldest one out there was really more of that commission salesman type of person. And I'm not saying that they're mean, bad, or wrong. I'm just saying it's just different. Um, so it's just somebody that kind of is going to have that conflict of interest always there because they're getting compensated, not necessarily for their advice that they're giving you, but for really matching you to the right product at the end of the day. So think of a stockbroker, you know, buying one stock over another, think of an insurance person, you know, fitting you into the right annuity or, or life insurance. So their, their arrangement is a commission or, or uh, money for that, that transaction and, and not necessarily based off of it at pure advice. And then you kind of have, this one's even more difficult, fee only versus fee based. And yeah. it's so subtle, but the differences are that a fee based financial advisor can basically wear two hats. They can be that fiduciary that we'll talk about in a second, um, or they can be that commission salesman. So they can swap these hats and either charge it, you know, a flat transparent fee, like based off of the advice that they're giving you or how much they're managing for you. And other times they can take that fiduciary hat off and sell your product in return for a commission. Whereas the fee only advisor is only able to work with you on one, you know, fee set fee for, you know, the advice that they're giving you or the portfolio that they're managing for you. And there's no sales there for commission. So those are kind of the three main differences. And you're seeing this massive push to really find the fee only advisor. But for some, you might not even recognize that subtle difference between fee only and fee based. And the, the other word that comes up quite a bit, we're, since we're using a lot of F words here, fiduciary. <laughs> um, you know, this is, this is one that I think can confuse people because we don't hear fiduciary day to day, right? But you always hear it. Well, you hear it a lot. I won't say always because not everybody acts in this manner, but you hear a lot in the financial world, but not everybody knows what it means. Yeah. And, and I think kind of to your point, you're starting to see that peppered a little bit more in, in say media or different search results. And basically a fee only advisor has to put your interests first. And that's what a fiduciary is there to do. You know, what, what makes the most sense for you? And a fee-based advisor doesn't always have to work in that type of context. And a commission advisor essentially never has to be held to that standard. So as I just mentioned, the fee-based doesn't have to act in that 100% of the time. The fee only does. And it's just one of those things where when they take the fiduciary hat off, the standard that you're being held to kind of drops down to a suitability standard. That doesn't mean that it's not the best uh, or can't be, but their their overview of like, are they acting in the best interest? That, that standard just drops a little bit. They don't have to take into consideration things like fees or the quality or rate of return or all the other recommendation or variables that you would take into consideration if you're a fiduciary uh, when you're under this suitability standard. So somebody that is fee only has to operate at a much higher level of in your best interest than somebody that is not. Well, that's an important distinction too. I think, uh, especially when you say that, you know, sometimes people can 
wear that hat and sometimes they don't. And, you know, sometimes it's partially true. It makes it, it can kind of make it confusing for people. Um, but I know for you, like when you define yourself, Anthony, as we're like, you know, helping people understand this, you're always working in that best interest, right? That, that's right. So uh, one of the easiest ways to figure that out is just to say, you know, is this person a certified financial planner by the CFP board? And, and do they act as a fee-only advisor? So you can just ask the question, and that should really give you a better idea if, if the person is adhering to that fiduciary standard. So certified financial planner, look for those uh, look for that qualification. That's something that you want to see um, someone have on their uh, name. But you know, these are just kind of a starting point here, understanding you know the the way that somebody gets paid, the fiduciary. But just because they fall under those, you know, depending on who you pick, fee based, commission, whatever, everybody's going to be different still. So we want to kind of talk about some kind of telltale signs of of when you want to try to avoid someone because I'm sure there are some things that you can be looking for when you sit down with an advisor for the first time and you're meeting with them, maybe you're interviewing them and they're vice versa. They're going to see if you're a good fit for, for their business and what they're trying to do. But what are some of those things to be looking for to tell you, Hey, you know, this probably is not going to be a good fit. I would say there's probably like three or so main ones that you look for. Um, one, if the person's not a, a CFP, then chances are that they're not going to be adhering to that fee only model, if you will. And they might just be more, fee base or commission base and maybe more focused on you know, selling insurances or annuities or something like that. So that that could kind of be one. And and generally speaking, sometimes that's all they can actually sell is, is insurance products and they, they can't even work for a fee basis because they don't hold the license. So I would say that would be one example. I think another one that's important is when you start the meeting or before you you have your first interview is, you know, are they beginning that relationship with just talking about your portfolio? So, you know, does the advisor have you sending in their your investment statements before you even come in? And when you come in, are they already starting to make investment recommendations or, you know, praising a handful of investment options that could be a good switch for you right away without even understanding your overall financial plan? Now, Certainly, investment strategies are important. It's just not where you begin that relationship. Um, much like a doctor, an advisor needs to really diagnose the issues before you're prescribing solutions. So that typically involves asking a ton of questions, understand your unique financial challenges, goals, and you know incomes and, and stuff like that. If an advisor you know, starts by prescribing investment recommendations without asking any real questions about your situation, it's really probably not a good sign. You might want to, you know, head to the to the exit. Whereas, <laughs> you know, a, a fee only CFP professional who adheres to the fiduciary standard are not going to lead with investments. They're going to lead with a financial plan. And like I said, that's by asking all the main questions about your financial health and future goals to understand that uh, your situation, and then they can, you know, create and construct the investment portfolio at the end of that. But yeah, you know, that, that could be four, five, six meetings before you really even get to that. So I, I think that's a big one. And another, you know, popular one is somebody's always, you know, talking about how they can really beat the market. And that's something that while it, it can happen from time to time, it's just about impossible for anyone to consistently outperform the overall market. You know, 
active management funds, uh, while they can overperform, they can also underperform, especially when you incorporate the cost of those portfolios. So, you know, keep in mind that advisors knowing that you're coming in and want you to switch can really like go and back test a model and, and cherry pick the best mutual funds and, and say, hey, you know, if you were with us, you know, right during the last five years, we would have done this. And, hmm. you know, there's there's no guarantee that that would have been the case. They can just really manipulate that. And that's something that you see a lot of today. Um, and that's something that you really want to be aware of or just skeptical uh, for somebody who's really promising those types of maybe huge returns or, or really constantly have the magic uh, to always beat the market, you know, something like that. So th those would probably be um, some of the people that I would have my antennas up on. Okay. And um, yeah, look look for somebody who's really talking about the financial planning process, looking for opportunities to get you to where you want to go, safer, staying on track, paying less taxes, you know, turning over the different risks that you might not be thinking of that could erode your your roadmap and um, you know, making sure they have a plan for you when things are not going well, like in the market. Um, you know, planning allows you really to prepare for those unexpected events. And without it, you don't have that much. And those older advisors that are focused just on investment solutions first and foremost and making big promises are ones that I would be a little concerned about. Okay. Great list there to, to kind of keep in mind is as you're looking for an advisor and for people that are searching, um, uh, you know, there used to be the yellow pages you could pull up and, and probably look around. But where do you go now to, to find an advisor? What are some some resources and some tools people can use to find the right person? I think that you could go with the CFP website, and that's the CFP.net website. And then it's in the top right corner. It's like search for a professional. And then you can kind of search for that CFP near you. And you can put in your you know zip code and further break it down into other kind of niches uh, within that. There's also um, XY Network and Zoe Financial. Uh, those are, uh, and Smart Asset Advisor, those are some other online portals that kind of can help match you to uh, an advisor based off of maybe certain criteria, such as like retirement planning or uh, maybe like financial planning only. Some people don't want their money managed. They just want like the financial planner just to be their financial planner. And you can get some of those types of um, advisors that don't have to manage your money, but can still provide you advice for a flat cost at like Zoe Financial and XY Network. So those would be um, where I would go. What I would tell you to maybe avoid is just choosing a firm based off of the name recognition because you saw it on TV. And that's, you know, that's a big one. That's a, that's a big hurdle because these large firms, I'm not saying that they're all bad or none of them are good, but a lot of them are promoting commercials that are really there just to kind of win you over by collecting your assets. And they'll take it from anybody, whether they're really a good fit or not, just by, you know, as long as you have a certain amount of assets. You know, ultimately, you know, those TV radio ads, they're there to, in a lot of cases, to enrich the shareholders, really, rather than actually to benefit the client. What what I mean by that is that some of these large institutions, you know, are trying to win over a mass number of clients in any way that they can, but that that can eliminate 
that client advisor discovery process. I mean, if, if you're going to like the average person, we're, we're going to spend a lifetime with them. We might be their last advisor person that they speak with for the next 25 years. You really want to make sure that's a you know mutually beneficial and that you're a good fit. Um, and by these companies where you just can create an account online and as long as you have, you know, 500 grand or something like that, you can be their client. I mean, that you kind of skip out on that entire process to really see if, if you're a good fit for one another. And, you know, money, tax, they don't care how big or small your advisor firm is. It, it really what counts is that your needs are carefully considered, uh, your best interests are at stake, and you have somebody who's going to devote the time to you to make sure that your your questions are answered and that you understand what you, you know what you need. So, so I think a lot of the some of these bigger firms, it's it's a little cookie cutter. They don't necessarily have that time to dedicate to each client, like some of the smaller firms like like us. Is there anything else that you kind of point out for somebody? I know we talked about some red flags to look for, and you you mentioned best fit, but how how do you how do you find that person that's right for you? What what are some of the things you're looking for just to kind of have a pretty good sense, or is it all gut? Is it all gut feel? Well, like for us, what what we do is we have this process called the Cardinal Success Journey. It's just you know a five step process where we we take you know the meetings. I mean, you're again you're talking like five six meetings, uh, sometimes more, sometimes a little less, and it's just a time for us to really get to know that person. So they're they're coming in or or we're doing Zoom. We really now are spending a good amount of time with them to really see, hey, are we going to be a good fit for one another? Because chances are, if we work together, we're going to be the last place you ever go. And that's that. And so this process, number one, gives us a way to design and educate, you know, and understand their current plan and analyze how well it's working, what's the good, what's the bad, and then ways to make it better and put together kind of a roadmap to say, you know, here are all the things that you should be considering and how to make it better. And we're going to go through that process before you pay us a dollar or, or trust us with a penny of, of your nest egg. We want to make sure that not only, you know, we're a good fit from a personality, you're a nice person, I'm a nice person, but also that we can deliver massive value worth, you know, some multiple of what we're charging. And I think that that gives the client a good eye-opening experience as to what it would be like in a relationship with us. It's certainly, you know, it's a lot more than that when it, when you're talking 20 years, but it's a good starting point to get a better sense of what it's like with us. I think that that's helpful for the client and, and certainly very helpful uh, for us before they even have to pay us a dime. And look, we're not the only advisors out there. There's over 300,000 financial advisors out there. I think about 25% of them are certified financial planners and only about six of them, 6% of them are, are fee only. And so we, one of our differentiating things is that, you know, we're part of that 6%, but we're also say, you know, we're also retirement planning experts. Like we're trying to work with people that are 50 and older. So, you know, we're really among the few for people who are really niched out um, for people that are like 50 and older, nearing retirement or, or recently retired. So I think, you know, whether if you're 30, you should probably be looking for somebody who focuses more on people in that earning stage of life. Um, maybe if you're a business owner, look for somebody who's focused more on advisors working with business owners. I think that'll just make the experience that much better. And I think ultimately, whether it's a Cardinal Wealth Group or a different advisor down the street, the main thing is that you, you want somebody that's going to, I think, educate you on the different pros and cons of you know, the actions that you need to take so you know exactly what you need to do 
Um, they're going to be a good energy source to make sure your best intentions are met and, and to really make sure that you're, you know, in good hands so that, you know, if you're not here and your spouse is being taken care of or the rest of your family, I think those are kind of some of the things that you're going to want to look for, you know, beyond obviously having good financial sound advice and, and, and stuff like that. Right. Well, that's a good look into and what you do and, and what you offer people over at Cardinal Wealth Group. And I encourage you to check out Anthony's website. It's cardinalwg.com. You can get a free assessment there. You can contact him. All the podcasts are put up there. There's other great resources there, again, to, to really help you. And, you know, the core that Cardinal Wealth has is educate, enlighten, and empower. And I think you'll see that on the website. But you can also call Anthony as well. It's 609-362-5512. And I encourage anyone to reach out if you have any questions, right? I mean, if even if you work with an advisor and you want to get a second opinion, I'm sure that's something you also uh, talk with people about, right? All the time. Yeah. And if we're not a good fit, we're, we're always sending people to somebody that would you know, be a better fit. It's it's just, there's plenty of people out there, there's other good advisors out there. And it's just, if we can help, you know, them, whether it's with us or without us, it's just kind of you know, doing the right thing at the end of the day. Very good. All right, Anthony, let's go to a couple of mailbag questions before we get out of here today. Um, got a couple that came in. First one's from Rebecca. She says, every six months or so, I tell myself that I need to start saving more for retirement. Sounds like a good resolution, right? <laughs> right? And I pretend like I'm about to get serious and actually do it, but then I can't ever stay motivated to actually increase my savings. I'm putting a decent amount in my 401k and I have a nice balance there, but it just seems like I should be doing more. So how do I get myself motivated? That's a, that's a good question and certainly fitting to today's topic. So uh, I think a, a good way is to have a, a third party to help hold you accountable. Uh, or give you some encouragement. So go at it with a buddy that wants to do the same thing and and kind of tackle it together. You can also set up kind of like, hey, if you don't do it, you you got to buy dinner if you don't do it by the end of this month. Uh, or you know, worse yet, you got to you got to make a political contribution to the party that you don't like. You know, something like <laughs> that to really hold the feet to the fire. I mean, so I think the buddy system could be something. Obviously, you could you know reach out to an advisor. Um, and go that route and have them, you know, make sure that they hold you accountable, which is kind of one of the rules. So th- those would be the ways that I would uh, recommend trying to get it done. And, and, you know, just make sure that's something that you really want to do. Sometimes these things, you know, I want to, you know, go to the gym seven days a week, but, you know, is there enough pain there to really make me go seven days a week? Not necessarily, right? So I, it really has to be something that you do truly want as well at the end of the day. Thank you for that question, Rebecca. One more from Harriet. She says, my brother tells me that I have way too much money in the bank. And he's probably right. It's about $150,000 now. But I just like knowing that it's there in case I have an emergency. Is that really so bad? You know, I don't, it's hard to know without knowing a bigger picture there. So without knowing that, it's hard to totally answer that. But what I could say is that you could focus more on a you know six to 12 month rule of your budget. So if you need about, say, $75,000 a year to uh, run the household, then a, a good target cash uh, number could be 40 on the low side. Uh, if your job is stable and there's, you know, not a lot of volatility in, in the household uh, when it comes to the job market. So maybe, you know, 75,000, um, that could be you're a little bit more conservative or in the employment situation, the household is a little bit more unstable. And then I would add on top of that, if you have any expected 
one-time expenses like home repairs or weddings or car purchases or something like that that's kind of on the horizon over the next two to three years. And you can add on top of that. Um, and then you can kind of look to reallocate some of the difference there. So from there, you can, it doesn't necessarily have to go into all the market. It could just be into something that bears some type of interest and can be like a tiered savings plan uh, that's still liquid and accessible. Um, or you can kind of break it into two buckets, have some go into a diversified account. Chances are you may never need it. Uh, but if, if you run into a, a big emergency, it, it's there. And the second bucket could be like that second savings plan, CDs, money markets, uh, you know, some bonds, stuff like that, that could also provide a little bit better interest bearing account than just your checking or savings. All right. Great question. Thank you for that, Harriet. And again, if you want to get more information if on this show or anything we've talked about before, you can always contact Anthony via the website cardinalwg.com or 609-362-5512. We wish everyone the best. Anthony, I know you have uh, your resolutions to, to maybe get back to the gym, but anything uh, at work or in your life beyond that you're looking forward to here in 2022? We actually have a new book that I'm working on and a, uh, a course that people could uh, tap into with kind of like a workbook to help kind of work on their own financial planning. That'll hopefully will be out there in the next uh, you know, five to six months by, by summertime. That, that's the goal. So okay, that's, that's it uh, overall. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. So we can find info on that book when it comes out on the website, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Yep. It'll yeah. be out there. Everything will be online, cardinalwg.com. You can also learn more about the process the Cardinal Wealth Group uh, employs to their clients. And also, you can learn uh, more about the podcast and financial topics. They're all archived right there on the website. So some great resources there to help you out beyond the show. But we thank you for listening to All Things Retirement. For Anthony Alfo, certified financial planner and the founder of Cardinal Wealth Group, I am Ben George. Have a good day, good year, and take care. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.